Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to season three of Ag Credit Set It, and this is Libby Wickstead. Last episode, we celebrated Cooperative Month. However, October is also Pork Month. We are talking swine contract growing today with Nathan Trader for F&K Farms from Lipsick. How are you, Nathan? I'm good, Libby. How are you today? I'm good. I'm glad you're here with us. I'm glad I'm here with you, too. <laughs> Would you give us a little bit of background on you and your farm operation? Yeah, so like you said, my name's Nathan Trader. I'm from Lipsick, Ohio, a small town in northwestern Ohio here. My wife, Mariah, I have two kids, Courtney and Evan. Uh, Courtney's here in Finley College, and Evan's a freshman. My brother, Kyle, and his wife, Kelly, uh, live on the farm here now, and we have a partner named Luke. He's also part of our organization. Um, we farmed, I farmed all my life, and uh, after high school, I went to college to be a diesel mechanic and uh, got a job at what used to be Finley Implement here in Finley and worked there for, boy, just shy of 20 years. And then we got into a uh, uh, day we talked, me, my brother, and and uh, Luke, and decided we wanted to uh, start farming. And uh, one thing led another, and pigs were one of our operation, but but uh, is as important as the row crop farming. Pigs are a big part of it, too. So kind of in a nutshell, that's me. I like to fish and golf, too. <laughs> like every other farmer. <laughs> um, so... How, like, from your perspective, how does contract growing work? So, basically, I mean, when you go into a contract with your integrator, um, they're paying you, probably easiest terms is to lease your building off you. You're responsible for, responsible for the upkeep of the building, the care of the pigs. Now, they do send uh, their employees out to help. I mean, you're just not in the shadows trying to figure out all this. So they're out there helping and guiding you how to do things. And they have a veterinary on staff, so there's always somebody there to give you, you know, advice if you're having problems. You're responsible for the utilities of the building. They're responsible for the feed, getting there on time, and kind of overseeing the operation, helping you guide along. So that's kind of contract growing. Okay. So did you guys know anything about pigs before you had contract barns? Uh, no, we've had, there's always been some animals along our farm. There's always been some pigs. There's always been some cattle, nothing on a larger scale. We've had some, uh, I have some cousins that were, that uh, have a sow farm. So I kind of knew some, I kind of didn't know a lot. Um, but it was an avenue. We looked at a lot of different animal housings that, that we were thinking about when we did this and, and, uh, Pigs kind of fit our, our our need or our want when we decided to uh, do something. So what attracted you then to being a swine contract grower then, instead of doing poultry or anything like that? Poultry's fine. Turkey's fine. You know, cattle, That's they're all good. It just, hogs enticed us a little more. It just it seemed to fit our, our nature a little bit. On the contract, why we did contracting, you know, there's a safety net when you go into contract with somebody else. You know, anybody can go out there and put a sow farm up and have some finishing barns and go market your own hogs. Mm -hmm. um, 
that was something we didn't want to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big liability there. Not saying we couldn't have done it, but this is a choice we made. So we we went into the contract um, farming for Horde Livestock and uh, been happy ever since. Yeah, I know. I mean, just becoming an independent, I feel like, is very tough just with the whole marketing piece of it where they, you know, we market in numbers now and it's just really hard to do that just starting out or trying to diversify your operation. It's easier to go in with somebody, at least I think, as a young beginning farmer, it's easier to go in with somebody who's already established and then it's less cost, like you said, less of a risk um, to you and you're also getting a payment every month rather than trying to create your own payment every month to make your loan payment. Right. Um, yeah, like you said, you could go do it. Um, it's a lot of risk. But it's an also a pretty good feeling when you know what you're getting paid every day. Leave it to a farmer to say, and it's human nature to say, I always want more money. I always want more. <laughs> right. You know, if I've had buddies, God, I wish we had more money. And, it's, you know, my answer is, yeah, that'd be nice, but go do it yourself. Right. Go take the risk of marketing and this and that, so. Well, it's just a lot more work. It's a lot more work. It's a lot more <laughs> headaches, a lot more sleepless nights. But for us, us our operation, that it works great. Okay, so you guys started off with one finishing barn, and then how did you expand from there? We started off, and we did it. We put up two finishing barns. Oh, you barns. put up two yeah, from the did, start. Yeah. Okay, so you put up, man, you just went out and just it did was, it. Uh, yeah, my wife, God bless her, um, brought her in from town. And <laughs> actually, before we did this, you know, with— it was me, my dad, and my uncle. We did all the farming. My brother helped out when he could, um, but we were all working full time. And you know, at John Deere, you know, when we're busy at the farm, I'm busy at work, mm-hmm. and I was putting eighty hours in there. And we come to the point where we actually rented our farm out for about five years. Oh wow! And that night, we got me, my brother, and and Luke got together, and we just got talking. That was back when the corn hit seven dollars for the first time in its <laughs> life. And we said, you know, why don't we start doing this? And we started doing it and talking a little more. I said, well, if we're going to do this, well, let's get serious about it. And mm-hmm. one thing led another, and, you know, a little trucking company, then the hogs, and knock on wood, it kind of all worked out. Yeah, here we are today. Yeah. So you talked about working full-time. So at what point in this farm operation did you decide, okay, this is too much to have a full-time job. I want to expand the farming operation, you know, with the contract growing piece of it. At what point? Were you like, okay, I think I can do this and be a full-time farmer? So when we first started this, uh, when we put the two double wides up, uh, kind of simultaneous, we started a little trucking company. Luke was the first one to go to like a semi-part-time job. And then a year later, he uh, went full-time <clears throat> at home on the farm. Now, and it was tough. And I'll be the first to say is it was it was very tough because we didn't have the money to pay, you know, Mm-hmm. the value of what he was on that farm, mm-hmm. but we did everything we could and we made it work. A few years later, I think it was about three years later, you know, just something, something kept telling me, it's time to do it. It's time to do it. And, and now leaving a great job, I had a great job at John Deere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had, had everything I ever wanted. And if I needed it, I'd ask and I get it. <laughs> yeah. And it was probably about a year or some, some semi sleepless nights and, and whatever drove me to do that, I say it was Grandpa up in heaven. Say it's time to do something, <laughs> and and we decided to put a be the, one of the first nurseries we put up, and that that kind of triggered me to you know it's time to come back home on the farm, and uh, 
pretty happy to say here in about six more months we'll be able to bring a third family back home. So Well, that's exciting. It is. And that was the, the main goal when we started is to get everybody working back home, and we're just about there. Yeah. So what? So you guys start off with two finishing barns. You said you did a nursery, which you have two nurseries, right? Yeah. So we did that nursery, and I left. And I left work to come home to work full time. Probably about three years after that, we put another nursery up, and that kind of ensured some income for maybe for the next generation of coming in. Is kind of what the game plan is there. Mm-hmm. So, what is the difference that you see between like a finishing barn and a nursery barn? There's a lot more pig movement in the nursery. <laughs> yes. So. But there's good and bads with everything. You, in the nursery, you're, you know, you're moving pigs every six weeks. And, but they're little. But they're little. Now, little ones, can they don't like to move sometimes too, but, <laughs> uh, but you're a lot more cleaning. Uh, it's a lot more labor intensive. Now, I say that's a double-edged sword. Finishing barns, I don't want to say they're not labor intensive. They are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're dealing with 300-pound hogs from yep. 40 pound hogs. They're... Yeah. They're hard sometimes. and Taking your knees out. They, yeah, you got to just be careful. So, so there's definitely benefits to both and downfalls to both. And The nursery kind of fit our schedule and how we want it. And personally, I like dealing with the baby pigs more than anything. And, mm-hmm. and that's uh, kind of where I'm stuck is in the nurseries now. Yeah. That's where you get your full-time employment is now it since you like the like babies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Me and my brother take care of the nurseries, and Luke kind of takes care of the uh, finishing barns. So. Then we work together when we can, yeah. when we have to. So you guys have found a, a nice way where everybody kind of has a spot on the farm now between, you know, all of four of your hog barns and then with the with the actual crop side of it. So Yeah, everybody's kind of got their little niche there that they work on between the nurseries and the finish barn and the row cropping and the trucking. And, right. and obviously it overlaps and we help where we got to help when we can. Yeah. But like every every other operation, it gets awful crazy certain times of year. So out of all three of you, is that, like, you're, you talked about loading the pigs out. Is that enough help to load out out of your finishers, out of your nursery, or do you guys have to get additional help on that? Out of the finishing barns, we got a, we got some good friends, and we got a crew of about a dozen people to to uh, pull from to help. And Keyword, they're friends, right? Absolutely, they're <laughs> friends. Now, they're very well reimbursed friends when they load hogs. <laughs> But we got my son's, he's starting to, he's old enough now. He's been moving a lot of hogs out of the finishing barns when he can in between school and, and everything else. And he helps a lot in the nurseries. So, okay. So it's getting there. Yeah. No, it's just one more piece to, to have to think about if you're going to put up a contract barn is your load help. You can't just load out these 300 pound hogs yourself. Nope. Or you it'll take have, all night. You got to be have a few people around to help you with that job. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. If the standard cookie cutter house layout doesn't fit your family's needs, a barnuminium may be for you. Whether you want to add recreational space or a work area for your business, take advantage of AgCredit's barnuminium financing program to build the unique living space you're dreaming of. Contact your local AgCredit office to get in touch with a mortgage loan originator to learn more. All right. Well, welcome back. Now we're going to move a little bit to what um, some benefits and challenges are with contract growing. Um, I know you've talked a little bit about it, but can you go into, um, you know, what are some benefits of being a contract grower? And then what are some challenges that you also face being a contract grower? Sure. So the benefits of it, um, one, it it starts to lead you down the path to be uh, working at home on your farm. 
um, fertilizer supply. You're sitting on a lot of organic manure there, and and uh, it's a great source to use on your own farm. And any excess that you have, it's a great commodity to sell to neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I feel like there's a lot of barns that don't quite utilize what they could on selling the manure. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, I mean, they're getting there. It's a lot of the, I don't want to say old generation, because you know, but the generation before me just kind of sees it as, God, I got to get that out of there. Where we see it, what we don't use is like, we can mark this somewhere. Hey, that's us. <laughs> we just got to get it out of our barn. That's right. <laughs> so it doesn't ever flow. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's just a secondary source of income. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, I mean, it's a source of income anywhere you look at it. If you use it on your own, or your own farm, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to call Nutrien or Legacy up and say, hey, I need this map or DAP or, or whatever spread on the field because mm-hmm. now you got it at your convenience. Right. Take some effort, some equipment. And that's where ag credit comes in. You know, they'll hand you out where <laughs> you need to get the equipment. Yes. Um, but it takes, it's definitely some time and labor. So it's not free fertilizer, but it's definitely a better value than going and buying commercial. So has that, have you changed any crop rotation of adding wheat in because you guys do have to spread manure during the summer? So when we started, we did some in the summer and some in the fall, maybe like half and half. And then we got to the point where weather was getting kind of tougher in the fall. So we decided to do, we're going to try to do 90 to 100% in the summer. We increased a little bit of our wheat acreage. Um, we started spreading or top dressing our wheat in the spring when we can. Mm-hmm. And that takes care of the bulk of our manure. Now, we have the ability, if, we, if, if the weather's good, we can spread some in the fall. If we don't spread any in the fall, we're good. We're good to the next summer. You just have to figure out that your program, I guess, of how you're going to do your manure if you're going to spread it on your own farm. Right. And there's, yeah, once you get your uh, crop rotation figured out and your soil sampling and figure out what manure is going where and, and like I said, whatever's left, there's there's an abundance of neighbors that knock on your door. Yes. Yeah, I I do. I know that. (laughs) Yes. I know there'll be several people if you do decide to put up a contract bar and that'll ask for it because it is a lot cheaper source of fertilizer. Yeah, and it's it's they see it, and you can offer them the right price, especially if you've got real close fields, and makes mm-hmm. life a lot easier. So yeah, they see the value in it. Yeah. So, what other benefits do you see? The probably the big, and it sounds kind of corny, but the biggest benefit that I'm seeing off it is it's bringing the families home to farm. It's bringing everybody together. The kids are in there working. That's the biggest benefit to me. I mean, it sounds kind of get off the money side of things and the, and the fertilizer side of things. But that means more than I think a lot of things. So. Well, and I, you know, we see at Ag Credit, we see a lot of, I mean, kind of like you guys putting up barns so you guys can come, you know, come back in the operation because it gives you guys something to do where you're adding income at some point, you know, kind of after your loan starts to get paid down, adding that income back into the farm and you're kind of finding your place to be able to support you coming back, you know, eventually, um, you know, having that job and coming back. Um, but, you know, like you said, like our kids are always in the barn, you know, we just got little pigs in our barn and they love it. And, you know, I just can't wait till the day where my kids are like, no, I don't want to go in the barn <laughs> where they love it now. Um but it is. It's something that you can, you know, raise your family on and pass it down to the next generation to have. And that day will come when your kids say, no, I'm not going. And, you know, you got to let them do their thing at certain times. You can't, you can't force them to do it when it gets older. You know, we're going through that with my boy now. 
um, he's getting older, and mm-hmm. they said, you know, do what you want to do. Don't do what your old man's telling you to do. <laughs> Those so. darn redheads, I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 so what what challenges do you face as being a contract grower? Uh, you always got to remember you're married to this thing. <laughs> whether you're, whether you're, I mean, we get, we're lucky. We got, we got people that can help us, um, between my brother and Luke. Um, but whether you're sick, not feeling good, the weather's crappy out, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You're going to the barn a couple of times a day, um, vacations and you got to plan accordingly. You got to have somebody you can trust to come into that barn. Mm-hmm. Um, be ready to wake up at 2, 3 in the morning when them hog barns call because it will <laughs> on happen. On Christmas morning, On right? Christmas morning. <laughs> yep. It will happen, and you just you got to go do what you got to do. It's just part of it. That's it, It's a tough thing to get used to, but once you get used to that, you're fine. Um, just making sure you got enough help to do a good job in there. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's a challenge, but you can work through it. So how does, your, how does your integrator help you work through some of the challenges that you do face? You know, maybe with, like, disease and things like that that come through. Yeah, so definitely a lot of advice. If there's something in there that doesn't look right, say, hey, I'm not sure what this is, but they'll in a heartbeat they'll have one of their guys out here and we'll walk through. And if we're still not sure, their vet comes out and then we'll get samples done. We'll do whatever we take, whatever it takes to do to figure out what's going on and, and then obviously whatever it takes to fix mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah, so they're helping provide the medication, showing you guys how to do all of that or taking care of it and just helping you through and supporting you through, you know, the whole entire process. Yeah, they're definitely there backing you up. And and there's a PQA certification that everybody in Ohio that raises animals goes through. Mm -hmm. And PQA is just simply a pork quality assurance. And that simply means that's that's a mandated task that you got to pass and perform it, it teaches you how to care for animals and and humanely care for animals medications how to treat them right mm-hmm. you know a lot of medications get a bad name but you know if if your child's sick or if you're sick you're going to go take care of them mm-hmm. we're not just medicating the medicated we medicate the sick pigs we sec- segregate them into a separate pen so we can keep track of it mm-hmm. we have very strict withdrawal dates to go through and it's a very strict guideline that we we follow on that. Mm-hmm. We get audited um, from uh, the federal side of the world here, and uh, your paperwork best be in order. <laughs> right. And, and I would say most everybody's paperwork, they, they understand what we're doing. Um, most everybody's paperwork is, yeah, very nice and, and in order. Uh, they understand the importance of who needs medicated, mm-hmm. what to medicate them with, and if I don't know, I'm going to call my integrator and say, hey, what do I do? Right. Yeah. So there, I mean, that's regardless of what integrator that you use, you know, that's the support that you have is they're there too because they want, you know, they want the pigs to do well too. And they're not going to kind of live you on your own little island. No, you, they want the best for the pigs. You want the best for the pigs. And uh, everybody's on the same team here um, to get just a nice, healthy, happy quality pork product on the shelves. So you just heard it from one of your board members from the Ohio Pork Council. And what, I guess I'm leading with that, that, you know, that was a great explanation of, you know, how the integrator supporting the growers. And so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, Ohio Pork and what your role is as a board member? So I am, I am on the board of directors. I am um, Ohio Pork's treasurer 
for a couple of years, leading my way to hopefully be president if I'm still elected. <laughs> um, our, our duties at Ohio Pork, for any pork grower in the state, one, we're here. We got a great um, team of people down in the office. Um, probably one of the best that I've seen since I've been on the board. They, they work together very good. They're all here to help you guys. So if there's any questions on anything with pork, what do I do? How do I do this? How do I cook something? Mm-hmm. Where do I find something? Call down to the office. They'll they'll help you. If they don't have the answer, you'll get the answer from them. Um, but we're here for, you know, we manage the, the check off money, the voluntary SIP investments mm-hmm. that our integrators put into. We funnel them to different programs for, you know, one of our main goals is, here is promote pork. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to go and we, we want to show the state of, you know, we have a healthy, quality pork product here on the shelf. Mm-hmm. We want to be, our customers be reassured that we're taking care of our animals. That's one of the main jobs that we do there. Now, we also legislate. You know, we're, we're the state house. We're at, you know, here in another Three weeks, we'll be lobbying down in D.C. We'll go talk to our leaders, say, hey, this is our concerns. This is what we have. Um, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I understand it takes so much time down there and everything's so slow, but <laughs> we're, here with, we're here with our voice. If we're not there with our voice, who's talking up for us? Mm-hmm. You know, all you hear is the people on the other side talking down on you. So, Share your story. Share your story. Yeah. And anybody, call, call your representative. Share your story. Believe it or not, they do care. They do listen. Right. Yes. So I also want to ask, how how did Ag Credit help you in all of your um, operations that you all of your operate in your operation of putting up the the finishing barns, the nursery, um, and supporting you, I guess, through Ohio Pork as well. So Dad and Grandpa before it was, it was our turn, it always done business with Ag Credit. And uh, obviously, obviously, it was just a natural progression for me to go do business. I knew them. They knew me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I first sat down with them, you know, after the organization of the farm and, and getting things going and getting the line of credit started for that, it was a year or two later and said, hey, I need $1.1 million to do this. And, oh, Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I had, and she, God bless Kathy. She's not there no more, but she always gave me credit for that. I had a business plan laid out. I had cash flows laid out. I had, I spent a lot of time on making sure my ducks were in a row and, and had every piece of paper that I can. That made it definitely easier. So the effort that you put in a home, say, I'm not, I don't know what to do. I never made a cash flow before. <laughs> I never made a business plan. Mm-hmm. But I had some common sense and said, you know, let's figure this out to every last penny. Right. Um, but I had quotes from everybody and this and that, and, and I had the contracts from our integrators. And um, it was it was a kind of a long process. I don't want to say it was a real hard process, but, mm-hmm. you know, it just took time. Yeah. And we worked through the hurdles and stuff and that. And and I got Heather now over there, and, and she's happy to deal with me too. So. <laughs> No, I think a key thing you 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 very you emphasized there was having the business plan and the cash flow, because you were you what you did with that was you showed you know kind of painted the picture of where you guys were wanting to go with your goals and everything like that, and that is so important when you're trying when you're going to your your lender, 
and asking for, you know, whatever that number was, $1.1 million, you know, that's a lot of money. And, that's a lot of money. And, and, and a few and, years later, we asked for another million right. and another million. And so, you know, having, painting that picture really helps helps the lender understand what your goals are and what you want to do rather than just coming in and just saying, well, this is what I want to do. Well, have you put the thought into it? Right. Have a 10-year plan. Or, I mean, that's what I started off with. We had a 10-year goal of what we kind of what we wanted to see. Was on four hog barns in that? Um, believe it or not, yeah, four okay. hog barns were into it. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. But yeah, we had a we had a very informal business plan. It was written on my little whiteboard in the old office, and uh, but we had something. We had an idea. Right. We had a direction we wanted to go to. And like you said, you show your lender that. Don't let them figure out how to do. It. You got to figure it mm-hmm. out and show them this is what we want to do. This is the steps we want to do. How can you help me get the money to do it? Right. And right. It's so much easier to do it that way and have that relationship with your lender. Well, and we want to be a business partner. We don't want to be, you know, yes or no. We want to be a business partner and we want to sit there at the table beside you, you know, not across from the table like we are right now, but, (laughs) but, you know, we just want to be that business partner and, you know, and sit beside you. Um, so lastly here, what would be your tips for, um, you would give someone who is exploring contract growing? Don't, don't just do it on a whim. Take some time and think, like I said, I, we spent, I guess I probably spent a year. We all spent probably a year once the ideal happened to really, yeah, we're going to do this. And then another year after that till it all came to fruition. And mm-hmm. um, take some time. Talk to your wife. If you're married, talk to your wife. <laughs> yes. God bless Mariah. She didn't, maybe I kind of told her about it. And she really knew it when I brought the note home to sign. <laughs> and she knew it was serious. So, God bless her. She puts up with a lot here, especially from being town. God, she came from town. Then from me renting farm out to, yeah, we're putting hogs in now and getting all the farm back. And and I'm quitting my job. And I'm quitting my job. <laughs> By the way, can you get a job and get insurance? And Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a big See, deal. She, she was only part-time okay. back then. And, and she was having fun. But she, she had the desire. She wanted something more. So I just helped her out a little bit. There you go. Yeah. So, but no, God bless her. She's uh, been behind me a hundred percent, and and uh, knock on wood, she hasn't left me yet. So, yeah. Okay. And I said that lastly in the last one, but I do have one last final question that I like to ask all of my podcast guests. You kind of went off the tips, but what, just in general, what advice would you give young beginning farmers? Just do it. <laughs> if you're if you're thinking about doing it, like I said, plan for it. But if you're thinking about doing it, do it. Um, figure it f- out. Yeah, figure it out. If you fail, you fail. But I can guarantee if you're going to be more happier in 20 years saying, I did it, I screwed up, I failed, didn't work, versus saying, God, I wish I did that. Mm-hmm. So um, plan for bad times, not good times. The last, I don't know how many years here, now five years or more, we've had pretty fair prices and really mm-hmm. good yields. I try to base my projections on the farm on, yeah, I remember when that corn did 150 and it was $4. Mm-hmm. Let's look right. at that. Don't overextend yourself. Right. You don't have to have a fancy new tractor to do this. <laughs> Run the old equipment until some things get paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe have a down payment for a farm one day. Yeah. You know, then start building upon that. So just think, about, think, think out, try to think out 10 years from now what you're doing. 
And if that's what you want to do, just do it. All right. Well, thank you, Nathan. I am so glad you were able to um, be with us today and be our podcast guest. And we appreciate your time. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, And also, I just want to let all of our listeners know that Ag Credit can help you finance your dream of becoming a contract grower. Talk to your Ag Credit loan officer or visit agcredit.net for more information of how we can get you started today. Remember, uh, all the resources will be available in the show notes. So we'll have a link to um, for Ohio Port Council, um, and we can have a list of integrators that are within our territory. And also remember, if you like what you heard, please leave us a comment and subscribe to the show, and we'll see you next time on Ad Credit Said It. Thank you for listening to Ad Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.